listeners, welcome to episode 142 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am your titular Stace, and joining me in the parlour this month is, I'm going to say parlour regular now, it's, it's got to have been like the fourth, fifth appearance maybe? Yeah, I think I get the jacket, like the Tom Hanks Five Timers Club from SNL. Oh, mate. Like, I'll wait for it in the post, <laughs> just send me the smoking jacket with a five. If I, if I could afford that, you would absolutely have it, but what you're more likely to get is like, I don't know, like a, I don't know, like a pencil that I've crudely written Stacey's Parlour top notch guest on or something. Uh, it's Sam Harrison, everyone. Hello, Sam. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. back. <laughs> Again, popular demand. As is as is tradition now, because you might you might remember Sam from pretty much any episode that that comes out shortly after a Spider-Man film. <laughs> <laughs> because Sam is my resident Spider-Man twat. <laughs> I did name my son after Spider-Man. Did you actually? Yeah. What's your kid called? Peter. He is. Oh, that's adorable. My sister's actual married surname is Parker, and I oh. petitioned so hard for Peter when she was having a boy, but she called a kid Freddie, and I, I love him very much, but he should be called Peter. Smart. Yeah. I managed to convince my wife to go with Peter. And uh, for for a while, she was on, she was like, I, I said, oh, we should call him Peter Benjamin, because that's a good combination of names. It is a good combination. And she was like, yeah, great combination of names. And then we were watching, I think, Spider-Verse, where we find <laughs> out that Spider-Man's middle name is Benjamin. She was like, no, you can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> you are you upsetting me. <laughs> it's like the... Like oh, the, the what's it, Jesse Pinkman from Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad? Why does he keep getting away with this? <laughs> See, this is why. Like, I, I d- absolutely do not ever want children. I have got whatever the fear of pregnancy is. I've got that phobia. Uh, Pregophobia. Pre- pre- pregnantophobia, and uh, and also on top of that, I've got raising kids of phobia and all because yeah. it's scary and hard. But the one thing I really do want to do is name somebody's child. No one will let me. It's so rude. Like uh, when my sister was pregnant with her first kid, she was always set on the name Lexi. And with the surname Parker, I was strongly petitioning for a middle name beginning with S so that I could call her LSP, like Lumpy Space Princess. But yep. my sister was not having it, which I think is rude because I'm not going to have any kids of my own. And I can't have pets in this house that I rent. So you've got to let me name something, but nobody yeah. will. <laughs> let, let give you a shot, you know. In it, though. In it, though. Uh, people keep getting cross with me because every time anyone I know tells me that they're pregnant, I'll say, Stacey's a unisex name. And then remember that nobody likes the name Stacey outside of the year 1985. Everybody I've ever met who's got the name Stacey is exactly my age. <laughs> <laughs> Just like bang on my age. Like, I don't know what happened that year. Uh, that I made did go to school well. with some, with some Stacey's, but they, were, they, they might have been a year in the earlier half of the school year, which would have been 1985. Yeah, yeah. there were three of us in my class, which is why I used to go by the nickname Shelley, which is uh, my middle name. Uh, anyway. Shellhead. Yeah, yeah. No, it's Michelle. Mm. Michelle. That good old turtle joke about Michelle, yeah. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually my middle name, though. Um, hey, this is ostensibly a podcast about pop culture and not babies' names. So, shall we just fucking talk about Spider-Verse, shall we? <laughs> I think that's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. So anybody who has ever listened to The Parlour before should know that I was had my tiny mind blown by Into the Spider-Verse, which means that Across the Spider-Verse had, like, heavy expectations. <laughs> like, huge. I was just like, God, can they do it again, though? 
And um, I mean, frankly, I think like, I think it might be better. <laughs> mm. um, I might need to watch it a couple more times, but I think it might genuinely be better. And I like I don't know how they manage that. That's quite I, impressive. Yeah, I definitely think that the stories better mm-hmm. and uh i like that you get uh, i don't know i feel like i enjoy the character that miles is more in the second mm. movie i have like i have two like problems <gasps> in yes. with this movie mm-hmm. um one of oh, them we're spoiling this by the way everyone we're really spoiling it just uh, fair warning <laughs> i i mean this i mean you can probably still listen for a minute or two because the two the thing <laughs> the problems like the problem that i have is basically that the I don't know why they picked Miguel as the villain, right. villain in air quotes. Like if you've yeah. seen the trailer, you know that he's the an, an antagonist in this movie. Mm-hmm. And like I'm a big Spider-Man 2099 fan. Um, okay. I still have every issue bagged and boarded, and I only own like a hundred comics in total. <laughs> so like thirty of them are Spider-Man 2099. Mm-hmm. And like I really like his character. I love I loved the world, and I feel like that character that role, that archetype would have been so much stronger as a um, superior Spider-Man. Okay. Because if you think of like, think if like imagine the like third act twist when you find out like actually he's actually Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man's body. Like that would have been a really cool third act twist for that movie. And I was like, that would have been so good. And it would have been like something that the real comic fans could have been like, Oh my God, it's superior Spider-Man. We know that he's the villain. We know what's going on. And also like the way that they set up superior Spider-Man towards the end of his run is that like, he's a lot more heroic. He's not Doc Ock. Like he's been influenced by Peter, but he's doing things in a very, like the results are what's important, not, feelings yeah. not whatever and that like perfectly fits and i was like that would have been so good but you can't win them all <laughs> uh and the other issue is that like so many of the characters i'm like so many of the other spider-men i'm like well that guy wouldn't be on that wouldn't be on team like <laughs> murder or whatever wouldn't be on the, wouldn't be on the antagonists that wouldn't agree with the the yeah. philosophy of the antagonist and like you can see why people like gwen and the Jake Johnson, Peter Parker, it makes complete sense for them to be on Miguel's side because of their life experience. Yeah. But yeah. like, then you look at like, um, I don't know if you've played the, or watched uh, Rich play this, the PS4 Spider-Man game. Mm-hmm. The PS4 Spider-Man would just not be on that, <laughs> would not be on that side. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm watching it going like, okay, I'm suspending disbelief here and not thinking I've spent 70 hours playing this character in video games. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's literally, that. like, as a film, excellent. As a huge yeah. Spider-Man fan, I'm like, <laughs> these are my two problems. Yeah. And, like, those problems are, like, problems that nobody else would probably have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, because, like, I sort of consider myself, like, a casual Spider-Man fan in that, like, I like all the movies that he's in. Uh, I've enjoyed all the comics that I've read that, that he's been in, but I'm not like ravenously seeking out every Spider-Man appearance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm honest, like I think I said this on the last episode, I've, I've stopped, I've given up on most actual comics now because you can't, there's too many. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, it's like with, uh, with streaming services where you do that thing when you spend an hour just trying to find something to watch and then eventually just, put friends on because it's there on comedy central um i find that with comics is that i'm like okay i want to read something with spider-man oh there's 23 
different stories with Spider-Man in just this month. Shit. <laughs> I haven't got that much money, nor that much like time. So uh, so I just sort of gave up on reading anything that's not the IDW TMNT stuff. <laughs> I feel like you need like a concierge for comics. What like, I need Unless is... you're in it, you need somebody who is in it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, to like guide me around. I think what I actually need, and I've you know I've I've pitched the idea to Rich, but he doesn't seem to like it. Is for him to like either work more hours or get a job where he gets like a hundred grand a year, and mm. then I can just be a kept woman and spend yeah. like half of my day doing housework and then the other half of my day just consuming things, <laughs> just comics and films and TV shows and playing video games, and that Rich can do all the hard work. And I'll do that. And it'd be mm. great. And you could just tell him what's worth his time to like watch, read and play. So it's, it's a benefit um, to him, really. I don't know if he trusts my opinion that much, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, so I didn't have, I didn't have, yeah, that problem with Spider-Man at all. I didn't, to, to be honest, actually, I didn't really think about people being even on sides. Um, mm. Because everything in the movie sort of happens so quickly. Definitely, that yeah. It's, that it's, it seems like the majority of the Spider-Men that are there don't even register what Miguel's even done. It's just a case of what um, Miles, sorry, has even done. And Miguel's just like, just get him. And they're yeah. like, all right, all right, it's a chase then, I guess. I think if you if you think about it, and as you were saying that, I was thinking about it. Uh, I was like, oh, Pavita didn't know what was going on or what was supposed to happen. So mm-hmm. it's like, actually, maybe none of them know what the actual secret mission is unless yeah. they've had to be involved in it. Yeah. So maybe that's the actual reasoning and that my one of my problems is void. Well, maybe we've just sorted that out for you. Yes. Yeah, it feels like <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I did sort of get that impression because it does feel like they would never have told Miles about it if he hadn't have happened to be where he was at the time. Yeah. Which makes perfect sense because I don't think you could tell me that somebody I was incredibly close to was going to die and there was shit all I could do about it, even though I'm a superhero, without yeah. me going... I beggeth your pardon, sir. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? No. Mm. Um, I absolutely adored the film. I, the, somehow, because, like, the first film is visually stunning, and somehow this film is even better. One of my favourite things, one of my absolute favourite things about it, and I noticed it particularly happened more in Gwen's sort of universe than anybody else's, was how the backgrounds would change depending on the mood of the scene. So it wasn't based at all on, like, what the actual lighting would be. It was more sort of like, yeah, like a, it was like a mood ring of a room, <laughs> which yeah. was just, like, so gorgeous. I feel like I need to see this film at least once more at the cinema before it goes, mm. because there's a thousand percent going to have been stuff that I will have missed because I was so busy and goggling at other things, like, because it's just such a, a, like, pretty, pretty seems like too small of a word. It's just, like, such a, ah oh, like, gorgeous thing to look at. Just visually, stupidly tasty. It's an unacceptable yeah. review of animation. But um, if you see the Gwen stuff, is the same visual style they used in her original comic run. So, ah. like, all the, like, wash like purple and pink wash backgrounds is mm. all the style that they used back then yeah. um so if you if you look up some of those issues like they were absolutely stunning i didn't think the writing was very good but the like <laughs> the, the visuals were amazing mm. oh yeah what that was one of the other things i really wanted to bring up about this film as well is that i've i don't think i've ever seen anything before that somehow takes like a squillion completely disparate 
like styles and visuals and combines them in a completely coherent manner so like the sequence where fancy renaissance vulture appears played <laughs> like, by a Jorma from yeah, yeah. yes um i it almost shit right there in the middle of the cinema because I was just like, how is it possible that this looks so phenomenal? And it's like such a different style, the actual Vulture himself compared to the universe that they're in. And yet it's just like so seamless how everything like moves and interacts with one another. I just lost my tiny mind. <laughs> uh, I, like, yeah, I was just staring at it like, well, this is probably one of the best things I've ever put in my eyes, isn't it? Can't say any better than that and the, the the brilliant thing about that as well is that the daniel pemberton who does the score for the movie is also like amazing at taking very disparate instruments themes like genres and wanging them together in a way that just fucking works so yeah it was like the the <laughs> not to like spoil it well i've already given spoiler warning so whatever but like the way the film opens with Gwen sort of uh, twatting around on her, on some drums, doing a little her little sort of backstory slash having a rehearsal, like that whole sequence, just the visuals and the score, like immediately I was like, oh, I'm in for a fucking tasty treat here, aren't I? Mm. <laughs> like, it's um, such a good opening. It's I'm, like it kicks you right in the fucking fanny, doesn't it? I thought the Gwen stuff was so good this time. I was just watching that going like. I'm almost sad that we're going to Miles because I just want to see <laughs> Gwen stuff. Mm. And like Hayley Steinfeld was really good um, as voicing her. And I was like, oh, this is just like a really interesting thing to be seeing. Like a point, a different point of view in like, obviously her universe is a bit darker and like mm-hmm. sadder. And like, she's kind of having a bit of a rough time. And I was like, oh, this is really good. Like this is a, this is a bit of a whack start. Because I imagine, like, the kids who love Spider-Verse going in and they're like, oh, yeah, Peter Parker's <laughs> dead. Uh, but um, I do think, it, oh, yeah, I really liked it. I really liked um, her dad as well. Yes, yeah. It's um one of the things I really liked about this film. I, I feel like that's going to be a sentence that I'm going to say a thousand times because there's a billion <laughs> things I fucking liked about this film. But what I really enjoyed was the fact that they gave her story so much space. Because yeah. they, they could easily have glossed over a lot of that, just give you enough for you to go on, and then just been like, right, back to the main character, back to Miles. But they really let her story, like, shine and her character come through, like, a lot more than it did in the first one. And, uh, yeah, I, I just couldn't quite fathom how you can make something so amazing. <laughs> yeah, mad. <laughs> absolute madness like jason schwartzman as the spot as well i said to rich when we left the cinema like one of the things i really liked about this is that there are like a lot of villains you could pick from and they could have gone to you know the standard well of like you know spidey movies what look good on screen at spidey villains that look good on screen but they took a character who is who could really be played as like an actual like straight up joke like he's mm. a ridiculous nonsense of a, of a character um but by the end he's sinister as fucking shit and i was like oh no this is genuinely scary mm. <laughs> um and sort of coupled with like everything that was going on with miles like i'm fucking itching for the third part now mm. like oh i would i would straight up do a murder to see that i wouldn't really that's an exaggeration slightly but um it's for entertainment purposes, isn't it? But <laughs> I like the um the bit where Gwen's like, oh, the vulture of it, you were sitting having an espresso, and they show you the flashback, and he literally just was sitting having an espresso <laughs> in his full vulture outfit. 
I loved the look of that vulture outfit. With it's the, so those, cool. Oh, it's so so cool. The designs in this like movie the first are great. Hint where they're like, this is gonna be some whack animation. Like, there's gonna be some cool shit here. Yeah. So, uh, Spider Punk. It like <laughs> shit the bed. What a great character. Uh, and I was just, I, I found myself like this is one of the reasons I want to see the film again is because any sequence that he was in I was staring at him mm. because the style that they portrayed him in is so fucking good but so like frenetic and like constantly changing I couldn't take my eyes off him like immediately as we left the cinema we went to Forbidden Planet and Rich brought a spider punk figure because of course he did because <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> um, we were both just like yes. This is this is fantastic. It was the line, what was it? Oh, I hate the AM, I hate the PM. And I was like, yes, I fucking love this guy. <laughs> like, mm. losing my mind. Which is interesting because I've read comics with Spider-Punk in before and thought, eh, he's a bit gimmicky, eh? <laughs> so that was like an interesting... I don't think I could, I've got anything bad at all to say about this film. Even the, like, the ending twist, because I was a bit annoyed. A friend of mine had texted me and been like, oh, I wasn't expecting the ending to this movie, which made me think, oh, great, now I'm going to be thinking about that the whole time, mm. aren't I? Like, what's going to happen at the end? But luckily, I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> hmm. uh, I didn't know I didn't at all either. Like, I was definitely not expecting mm. the Mahershala Ali to be back in it. No. I heard his voice and I was like, oh, my God, it's Mahershala Ali. <laughs> Did you see, by the way, the um, Hobie, the, the all the stuff about how they animated uh, Spider Punk? No, I need to, I need to get onto that sort of stuff because it's like, yeah, just it's like so they, them, they like animated stuff. him oh. different. So he's every character has new uh, poses every two frames, mm-hmm. but he has new poses every three frames. So right. he's on a different timing sequence. So every time everyone else is stood still, he's moving. Ah. And um, also his guitar moved on different, was on a different beat. So his, he moved on every three beats and then his guitar moved like every one beat in between or something like mm. cool like that. And I think that uh, there was some guy that was like, oh, how did you decide to do uh, all this stuff with Obi? And the animator was like, basically, we were like, if it was cool, Hobi would do it. If it wasn't cool, Hobie wouldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Apparently in the comics, uh, I didn't know this, but that um, Gwen is a huge superstar rock star in Hobie's universe. So it must be like him meeting Beyonce like every time <laughs> when they first met. Amazing. Oh, that's amazing. I, uh, I, yeah, was absolutely just mesmerised by the way that that character looked. The designs for all of them were, were fantastic. I know um, Chris Anker did a lot of work on the mm. super suits and stuff um, for like a shit ton of the characters. He's been sharing a lot on Twitter and the processes are amazing. Like, yeah, I, I love all that behind the scenes shit, even though like a lot of people say, oh, doesn't it ruin the magic? I'm like, no, because I'm like, I actually quite like to know that it isn't magic and that real people put this together and made it look this fucking phenomenal. Like, yeah. shit, that is. That is amazing. Like, yeah, in the first one, they had Mars was animated at a different frame per second. So all the other characters were, uh, all the spider people were animated at 24 frames, like standard film. And he was animated at 18. So he just oh, okay. looked clumsy and slow. 
um, I found the tweet Brilliant. now that t- talks about it. So Hovey had a new pose on every every three seconds. His guitar had a new pose every four seconds, and his outline would have a new pose every two seconds. So basically, That's- on the second beat, his outline changes. On the third beat, his character moves. On the fourth beat, his guitar would move. Like, that's so cool. That is super cool. That is so cool. Like, the, yeah, the idea that people can create things like that is, and like, not to be, not to be that bringing up AI wanker, but I'm going to do it. The idea that people are trying to cut out that, like, I, I don't feel like something like Across the Spider-Verse could ever be made by AI. Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> Imagine AI making anything that fucking delicious, like absolutely not. And it drives me a bit insane that people are thinking that that's like an acceptable way to move forward with things uh, when, God, the heart and soul and sweat that people must have put into this film and every ounce of it shows and every bit of it was worth it because that's, mm. yeah, perfect. Like I say, I can't think of a single thing. It's one of those films where, like, for an animated movie, it's quite long and yet it doesn't feel at all like you're sitting there for over two hours. Because uh, I've got to admit, like, my attention span, especially since, I don't know why, but especially since COVID, my attention span has been fucking shocking. Mm. <laughs> so if a movie doesn't grab me in, like, 15 minutes, my phone's out. Not when I'm at the cinema, because I'm not a cunt. But, like, <laughs> but like uh, if, if I'm sitting at home just watching something on Netflix, if it hasn't grabbed me, like, immediately, I'm like, well, I'll just see what's going on on Twitter. What's happening over mm. there? Oh, just read a bit of TMNT fanfic. Uh, <laughs> They're not making TMNT comics quick enough for you. You've got to go to the fans. Got to go to the fan fiction. Yeah, Across the Spider-Verse, loved it. Like all of the thumbs up from me. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like absolute classic. Really loved it. Um, Hobie definitely, like you say, is a big highlight, I think, Mm. in that movie. Mm. Um, I liked when they went to New New Mumbai or whatever it was called. No, Mumbatton. Yes. I was like, yeah. This is really funny. And his like his girlfriend was what was her name? Like it was like a Indian version of Gwen. And that yes. <laughs> yeah, it, that looked that city looked gorgeous as well. Like yeah. properly gorgeous. Um I uh yeah. Is 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 he a character that's in the comics at all? Or because I've, like I say, not read Spider-Man for a absolutely while. nothing like that character. Like he's not played for laughs <laughs> at all, really. He's just oh. Spider-Man, but in India. So like Spider-Man comics used to be really really popular in India. It, mm. Well, kind of everywhere, but like specifically India was like really into Spider-Man. And so in the like nineties, they redid. No, early 2000s, maybe? Late 90s, early 2000s. They were like, we're going to do a Spider-Man for India. Uh, and they made it specifically with, like, Indian creators and, like, published it in India and then, like, brought it to the US afterwards. And they oh, did a six-issue okay. series that was, like, a reimagining in India. And they brought him back for the Spider-Verse comics but because uh, everyone came back for that. But, um, yeah, the no, barely not not like as fun as this and he was basically just spider-man but with like a sash on his costume right okay (laughs) i loved his costume it was amazing it was really good his long flowing hair yeah beautiful absolutely beautiful i think if i was a superhero though i don't i wouldn't want to have long hair it feels like a occupational hazard definitely Um, like a cape Mm. no capes no capes at all yeah i am absolutely straight up adored this film and absolutely, i did have a yeah. little had a little fight with myself because i've got on letterboxd i've got like a, a ranking list of spider-man's movies 
and uh, and I had a, a little fight with myself. Where does it go? Because <laughs> as much as it was kind of wanky fan service, I still really love No Way Home. Like, so yeah, much. that's a good movie. <laughs> it's such a good movie. <laughs> like, you can't discount the like the bit, for example, where Andrew catches at MJ and he has that little moment with her, and you're like, oh, Andrew Garfield, you pure brilliant actor who just loves playing this part so much that he came back and did it. Tony McGuire clearly in it for the money, absolutely 100%. (laughs) I've got to admit, and this is probably sacrilege, and I feel like a lot of nerds are going to come and try and find where I live. I don't really rate Tony McGuire as a very good actor, and I think he's probably one of the worst things about. I think he's one of the worst things about those movies. Um, but yeah, like No Way Home has a special place in my heart. I can't remember if I did put uh, Across the Spider Verse ahead of it or not, because I, I really did have like an internal struggle. <laughs> I feel like Spider Man Homecoming might be my favourite Spider Man movie. I don't know. I mean, that's that's totally fair. That I like totally all the New fair. York I mean, stuff, and I like that it feels like more of a day in the life than yeah. like No Way Home is like, oh, the world might end, you know, and like Far From Home isn't in New York, which is why I don't like it. Yeah, I see. Far from home is one of the ones that uh, I think I've watched that about. It's got, I've got to be in double digits of watching that now, because any time it was on Sky Movies and I wasn't really doing anything, I'd be like, all right, just because I love Jake Gyllenhaal in it so much. He's excellent in it. Yeah, it's so good. That Although, did you ever see that? Um... Cons him, and he's like. <laughs> I love that. Even though it's like cheesy as fuck and the stupidest thing to be like, let's spoon feed you what's happening, audience. But still, it's mm. like, yes. Um, did you ever see the John Mulaney Sack Lunch Bunch special on um, yeah. Netflix? He was great. Because as soon as as soon as I saw him as the music man, though, it really recontextualizes Mysterio for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you do wonder if he just went slowly mad from not being able to produce his end. Um, <laughs> But uh, I do, I do love my spot. Homecoming is fantastic. I remember when we talked about that when we reviewed it together. That like the little bits in it where like the hot dog vendor shows him to do a flip and stuff. That's, yeah, and yeah, that, wonderful. The do a flip guy. Did you see that he was in Shang Chi? Mm, yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> He's commentating on the bus fight. I when I spotted him, oh, there, my, I was crying, oh, yeah. laughing. And he's in No Way Home as well. Oh, I don't know if I spotted him in No Way Home. Also, he's one of the main characters in Severance, which is just like an excellent Apple TV drama. That is so fucking good. I cannot wait for season two of that. Shit me. Yeah, absolutely. What a show. Apple I think TV that was my favourite show. the best streaming service, madly. Who knew? Who knew, I? Like, Who knew a company with billions like... upon billions of dollars could make good television? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, man, because Netflix have got, like, loads of money, but they make a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. Or oh, they make something like good and cancel it immediately. quality. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Oh, there's been loads of those, like, Netflix originals that I don't think I could even name for you that I've seen. I don't think I could name them, let alone tell you what happened. But hmm. They're so crap. <laughs> I watched quite a lot of, uh, I can't really even remember the name of it. It was like about this Hispanic family. It was a sitcom. It wasn't very good, I would imagine. (laughs) Was it Netflix or another streaming service? There was one where there was like a sitcom that was like set in like the last blockbusters video that was in America. That that was Netflix. They got cancelled before the first episode had aired. The first episode, mate, it was so shit. 
was so unbelievably shit. I was like, what, who's this for? What a good <laughs> cast as well. Randall Park, Amy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and JB Smoove in the same show. And it was terrible. Yeah. I love J.B. Smoove. Absolutely love J.B. Smoove. He's excellent yeah, in the Spider-Man movies. Yes, he is. <laughs> Not in No Way Home enough, if you ask me. When they when they reveal that Hannibal Buress's character is like a Spider-Man conspiracy theorist. Yes. <laughs> 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 it's such a good oh, That little shrine that they made to him as well. <laughs> it turns That's out so it's good. just all been Martin Starr the whole time. <laughs> I do like Martin Starr in those movies. Yeah, excellent in those movies. I love Spider-Man movies. Mm. I, I, I think it's uh, it's difficult to make a bad Spider-Man movie, but like Sony have done it. They've done it twice, and they'll do it again. Shut up, Roy! Amazing Spider-Man isn't that bad. No, Wait, the first Spider- one is Amazing- excellent. Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing two Spider-Man is bad. Two is Spider-Man is Three a bag is bad. of absolute shit. But, but do you know what? Spider-Man 3, right? I remember seeing that at the cinema and I had a laugh. I thought it was quite fun. Like, there's a there's a lot of it that's cringe. And I did think, you know, take take away one of the villains so you can actually focus on something. That would be good. I think that was one of the things I really liked about No Way Home is that they had a lot of villains, but they did them all justice. <laughs> yeah, Somehow. absolutely. It's because they didn't have to build any characters because they'd already done it. So you don't yeah. have to tell us what dr octopus's motivation is because we've seen spider-man 2 it's the same way like endgame has 30 main characters but you don't it all feels like they get their their little scenes that advance their plot because we know the plot already so they can just skip over whereas like in for like i don't know spider-man 3 they're like okay we've got to introduce the Sandman, we've got to introduce james franco's motivations we've got to introduce Venom. Venom. <laughs> Whereas in in Endgame or whatever or No Way Home, they're like, you've watched all of these, and if you haven't watched all of these, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, uh, it did tickle me when Endgame came out, and there was like a handful of people online who was like, this is like the only Marvel movie I've seen. I didn't fucking get it. I'm like, mate, this is like you tuning in to the season finale of a sitcom that's had seven seasons and going, yep. don't get it. Like <laughs> that's what you've done there. Uh, Anyway, that's another for another day. Um, have you seen the trailer for Craven the Hunter, perchance? Yes. Uh, hey, what do you think I of love that? the fact that they um, completely ignored the actually good backstory that would really work for Craven the Hunter and just been like, nah, lion blood. So I was going to ask you about this because I don't know a lot about Craven the Hunter. And every time I've seen him, it's either been him running around campus Christmas with his chest out in a, you know, leopard skin outfit or whatever, skin tight big beefy dude running around uh or it's been in unbeatable squirrel girl where it was actually quite funny so so i this trailer really threw me because i don't really know the character very well and if i'd have never heard of the character before i would have assumed he was a villain based on the behavior in the trailer and and yet i think that film wants you to to root for him uh, I feel like that they're just doing the like Morbius route where they're like, look, he's a villain, but there's bigger villains that he's going to kill because he wants to kill them. Um, right. OK. I was talking about this the other day with a friend. And I was like, look, the problem is they looked at the original Craven backstory, which is like genuinely excellent. Like the mod, the, the more I can't remember when it was 90s, 2000s. They did a like fleshing out of his origin story it was really really good um so the chameleon is his half brother so like 
his dad knocked up their maid and the maid had the chameleon and they like had his mum killed and then adopted him into the family and like the mother went mad because of the uh, affairs so she like she kind of like went mad and the dad like did away with her basically and then like as Craven like hates his dad and as an adult like as a teenager murders him and takes all of the money for like the house money because his dad's like a Russian oligarch and he's like okay now I'm a billionaire what's the next thing to do I know go hunting in Africa and he just like loves hunting and is like constantly trying to kill bigger and nastier stuff while meanwhile the chameleon has like a billion mental health problems and is like i'm gonna solve these by becoming a spy for the russian army and i was like what a good story that would have been like Mm -hmm. craven has to like i don't know for example what what i'd have done if it was me right three acts first (laughs) act dad murder second act hunting in africa third act goes to new york tries to hunt spider-man like get tom holland in like just actually do it get him in have him he only has to be in like three scenes Mm -hmm. Um, there's a great bit in the ultimate version of Craven the Hunter where he's an Australian reality TV star. Uh, he's he's just Steve Irwin, but he kills animals instead of looks after them. And Brilliant. the the reality TV network are like, oh, go to New York and hunt Spider-Man down. And he's like, oh, I guess I will. And he makes a whole series out of it. And it's like in the background for like an entire storyline where Spidey's fighting Doc Ock. And he turns up at this fight after Spider-Man's beaten Doc Ock. And he's like, oh, I'll take you on. And Spider-Man's like, all right, then. And the guy like Craven rushes him and he just like moves out of the way. And he's like, oh, you don't have powers. And he just knocks him out with a single punch. Amazing. It's really good. It's really funny. Uh, they could have done that. That would have been fun. Yeah, I saw this trailer and I thought this feels like it's taken itself really seriously. And mm. uh, and I, I couldn't quite fathom who it was really for because it didn't really look like it was for comic people. Uh, but it didn't I mean, really I'm still look like Warbeard, it was. So I will see it. Oh yeah, I mean, well, this is the thing, right? I'm I'm deeply mired enough now into all of the different fucking cinematic universes that it would take I don't know. One of the stars murdering my own mom for me to not watch him, and like maybe sometimes I'll make sure that my money doesn't go towards these things, but <laughs> but I'll still eventually watch him. Yeah. And so like I will see it. I saw Morbius and all. Core blimey, what a sack of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Morbius at the cinema. No, uh, Sam, why? <laughs> Also, I watched Venom 2 in a double bill and then watched The Last Duel. So I watched <laughs> I watched Ridley Scott, like, rape drama, The the Last Duel. And then afterwards it was like, right, right time to cap this off with Woody Harrelson in Venom 2. Um, Do you know what? I didn't mind Venom 2. I thought it was quite fun. Uh, well, the best part about Venom 2 is that I saw the first 15 minutes twice because the sound was off in the screening so they've restarted the movie like 15 minutes in and that helped me notice that tom hardy does three wheelies on his motorbike in the first 15 minutes (laughs) completely unexplained (laughs) if you look at that character right and you think about everything you know about the movie eddie brock he's not a wheelie guy he's everywhere mate there's a bit where he's talking to Stephen, what's his face, the British bloke doing a terrible American accent oh, uh, yeah, yeah. outside that prison. 
and he's like, right, I'll see you later. And he flips his like motorbike visor down, like waves, and he just does a huge wheelie. And it's like, this makes no <laughs> sense, zero sense. Like, if you imagine if you like had a like semi tense conversation with somebody, you're like, all right, I guess I'll catch you later. <laughs> I would actually I would actually love that. I, I need all of my any of my friends who ride bikes to do that to me next time they see it because I would genuinely love it. Um what we're talking about, Craven. Um I saw a really funny meme the other day that was a picture of Craven from the trailer when he's wearing the full outfit, but he's like he's doing this and someone's got like you put above the caption box office predictions come in that Craven Hunter will be the first movie to earn one Cravillion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and that made me laugh so much. If, if Craven kicks off in the same way that Morbius did, as long as Jared Leto doesn't ruin the joke like he did with Morbius, yeah. uh, it will oh, be incredible. The, the, fact that they, the fact that they re-released that in cinemas for a bit is just truly baffling to me. <laughs> I, I was like, when, it, when they released it, I was like, for the joke, I should probably see it again and be like the guy who's seen Morbius twice in cinemas. No, you can't be that guy. But I didn't. I didn't do it. I didn't see it at cinemas at all because it was, it looked terrible. I just like to support really, Matt Smith. I do like to support Matt Smith, old Dorito face. My husband, I had a little crush <laughs> on him when he was Doctor Who, and my husband was like, but he's got the face of a Dorito, and now I can't unsee it. <laughs> <laughs> um he's he's the best thing about that film but it's still just thoroughly baffling just bamboozling that movie would you but, like a really I good morbius fact go on is it genuinely good yeah it's brilliant in the movie <laughs> morbius when um matt smith is dancing to that song half naked in the mirror yes yeah uh that song's in spanish the lyrics to the song when translated are Poop my pants, poop my pants, make sex. No, they're not. Oh, Shut up, Sam. No, they're not. <laughs> you can look it up. <laughs> Somebody told me, and I was like, I was, cro- I was literally crying. Listening to the song, watching the scene go, like, poop my pants, poop my pants, make sex. Any other song they could have put there? <laughs> Any other song. Oh, no. Oh no! Oh, that film just gets more ridiculous the more I even think about it. Good lord! Yeah, I'll see Craven, even though I don't know what I don't know who it's for. I don't know what. what. And there was a sequence. Of course, there was a bit where there was a shit to the spiders. Fucking hell! Fucking hell! Being an arachnophobe is the worst because it like it's such <laughs> it's such a common fear that all like like film and tv people like just chuck a spider in there if you want to make it scary i was watching i was catching up on um season two of lock and key the other day because um Mm. i'm quite behind on it and there was that there was an episode of course there was with a giant spider running rampant around key house and i was like what is this happening to me (laughs) stressing me out but yeah i will i will definitely see craven probably at the cinema now i've got cinema cards (laughs) Yeah, me too. And if it's crap, that will be the movie that I'll be like, well, this one's technically free this month. Uh, <laughs> as long as other good things come out at the same time. When's it out? I wasn't paying enough attention to the trailer. I, I don't know. Probably the exact worst time to put a film out. Like they decided <laughs> to put Flash out opposite Spider-Verse. Like what What were they thinking? Yeah, it's really weird. There was the, a film. 
I can't remember what film it was that Rich was saying was coming out, like a kids' film that's coming out the first, the second week of September. And I was like, why would you do? Why would you put a film out after the summer holidays? Are you mad? But anyway, do, do you want to talk about the Flash a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> So I'd like to preface this by the fact that I also have, like, the entire Jeff Johns Flash run. Um, yeah. I don't like Barry Allen as a character. Um, <laughs> okay. He's, like, the least... I would say Barry Allen is tied with Hal Jordan as the most boring character in DC, like, main DC, mainstream DC comics. He has, okay. like... Barry Allen's, like, whole thing is that his mum is dead. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's, like, Batman's thing. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's a lot of superheroes things to be honest mm. <laughs> so um, someone important did <laughs> yeah at least hal jordan's got the whole like top gun maverick i'm a relic before mm. my time sort of thing going for him that's interesting they're doing a whole, the whole new hal jordan run is actually quite good um shockingly um but barry allen is boring and always has been <laughs> um wally west is the best flash hands down again always mm. has been costumes cooler and everything yeah. um so I don't like Barry Allen. That's a big knock against this film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the suit is terrible. The suit is garbage. Absolute shit. I've I never seen believe they put that on screen. superhero suit. Like, it looks like a prototype. It looks like they're going to be like, we'll touch this up later. Like, yeah, we'll fix it in post. But they didn't. Yeah. We just left it in. <laughs> I just thought like, it's fine. Um, it looks absolutely terrible. It, like, squeezes his face in the same way that the Christian Bale Batman mask squeezed his face. And that's mm. funny as well. Um, <laughs> it is. The, I obviously don't like Ezra Miller. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> we can all say. We can all agree. grooming criminal. But they are terrible. Yes. They are terrible. And I don't think they're. Worth it. Especially no, good in this film. No, no. So, like. Like before you carry on with your list of gripes, so I um I again this was like a begrudging watch for me in that I, I didn't really want to watch it and I was actually kind of worried that I might like it and then have to justify myself to people as to why I thought it was good, but thankfully it was a piece of fucking shit. The I don't really know Barry Allen that well. I've not read many comics with Barry Allen in. So well, my have you main ever seen Barry Allen. <laughs> Once or twice. My only Barry Allen experience comes purely from Grant Gustin in the CW, The Flash. And he's adorable. Like, he's so likeable and just nice and sweet. And he's a bit loaf of bready, but like a good loaf, like a tiger loaf, like a nice like white loaf. Also, the other characters around him have a load of personality and that they makes do. up for it. I do. Um, so I immediately hated this film because the first that the writers have made Barry Allen as a character, even taking Ezra Miller out of the equation, just truly an unlikable, just garbage character just so like just constantly shoveling food in his face like and i get i get the whole idea of like yes his metabolism goes faster because he's a he's a quickie like i get i get it i get that but you don't have to portray people like like there are so many bits where it's like close-ups of his mouth while he's like on food and you're just like this is the most disgusting thing like i don't even travel at the speed of light like he could just eat that normal you could, you could, mate, just fucking chill out and eat it, eat food properly. Like, you can still eat a lot of food. You don't have to eat it like an absolute fucking troller. That was driving me insane. But, like, his character's awkward to the point of being 
truly un- unrelatable, unreal as a person. All the people that are around him in his periphery are nothing. I couldn't mm. tell you a single thing that I'm supposed to care about about Iris. The other two people who work with him in the office, I don't even fucking remember. <laughs> One of them is Patty Spivert, and it's and she's a really interesting. She was great in the CW show. She was played by one of the wives from uh, For All Mankind. Can't remember the actress's right. name. Chantelle Van Santen. She's great. She was yeah. like the actual good love interest that should have been the love interest for Barry long term, not his adopted sister. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's all coming they back to all over that all the time, weirdly. <laughs> but yeah, apparently she was like, oh, I need a month off to go do another show. And they're like, OK, you're fired. Brilliant. <laughs> So that's why she wasn't in the show after being like genuinely built up and great. Anyway, so she's played by one of the girls from Derry Girls. So that's fun. Yeah, but she um, doesn't get to do anything useful or interesting. Nobody no, she does. just burps the word Batman, which is funny. Yeah, I think that might be the only bit that I vaguely even chuckled at. But like, I think within about 20 minutes of this movie, I turned to Rich and I went, I think I fucking hate this. Yeah. Because, because nothing about it is likeable. Like it looks shit. It's like dark and grim and sad when it shouldn't be. His mm. character's nonsense. They blitz through like, so the whole film hinges on him trying to fix his mom's death and his dad getting put in prison for it. But they fart that story at you so fucking quick because they're like, we just want to get to Michael Keaton. Yeah. <laughs> it's clear that the whole film is like, we just want to get to Michael Keaton and we mm. just want to get to him saying, anybody want to get nuts? Like, yeah. that's the, the thing I mean, the whole film pivots on. I in the cinema, I'm not going to lie. To be fair, to like, be fair. You know what? I do want to get nuts, Mike. Yeah. I gave this movie one and a half stars and I think half a star was for, does anybody want to get nuts? Even though I didn't want to like that because I was like, that's such wanky fat. Like, you've just, you've just gone... And then the other star was for whenever a bit of Danny Elfman's score sort of popped <laughs> up. <laughs> and that was that was all I liked about this film, because the story, they whiz through the bits that you need to, that like, oh, you need, you need to build up the thing with his parents as being like a huge, pivotal, giant moment. And literally it's over in like five minutes, the retelling of this story. Mm-hmm. And and there's. Like it feels like Zod is tacked on as like a like an. It doesn't even feel like they were in the same movie. Like if you'd have told me they'd have cut together those bits from just Man of Steel offcuts and just you, put it in this movie, that. I would believe that with a thousand like percent believe four that. Four original lines, doesn't it? Yeah, it's he's got like flipped. yeah. The, the other thing that sort of bothers me is that the the whole the whole like sort of stakes of the movie is that the entire universe is going to end because Barry decided to give his mom a tin of tomatoes, which feels like it should be you should be going holy shit like I hope they can fix this, but there's there's no, there's no there's no connection to any of these other universes. Yeah, so I think that my so I don't use Letterboxd because uh, I'm too lazy to have another social service of any kind to update. I started using Goodreads and now I feel like it's a cross around my neck. (laughs) (laughs) I, so I would have given this movie like a four stars. What? (laughs) So. The inch- so there's like two I have a few problems with the movie obviously in that the Barry Allen character is not particularly likeable or good I yeah. also am very annoyed uh, as a Flash fan by the fact that he has all the like oh, I've got to have insane amounts of calories but then he also mentions that he uses the speed force and the speed force negates all of that 
but whatever ignoring all of that the fact that also no one notices that he's wearing a giant flash signet ring all the time that's funny uh, it's ridiculous but yeah there's a lot of problems with me i also don't like the like oh you can't move anyone without them throwing up forever apart from the fact that it's a really funny sight gag that's kind of like the flash's whole thing yeah uh, it does it does mean that any i hate of the, the speed city... skating as well oh I think uh, that looks do, do you know what I've said this to I've said this to Rich before. I have never seen in any movie a speed start look good when they're running. <laughs> like they just look shit. This this like I can I can forgive a movie bad CGI. I'll always notice it because I've got a weird eye for CGI. Mm. But I will forgive a movie bad CGI if the rest of it's pretty good or if it's fun if I'm at least entertained. But this movie was so fucking uncanny in almost every aspect. Like any time Ezra Miller's there twice. It's like... Oh, I thought that was really good. Oh, God, I thought that was the, right. I, I was like, oh, the CGI sucks in this movie because the, every single scene has two Ezra Millers in it, and that's really expensive. I was like, that's why the CGI the, sucks. The flying babies was particularly egregious, that's I thought. Absolutely awful. I... The, uh, the, At no point was I like, this is a good idea for a scene. Like, does no one on that film have children and go like... Mm, don't know about this one, lads. Maybe the danger, the baby's in danger. Well, um, I don't, I don't think I minded so much the baby's in danger. I think what I minded was that the babies looked like the terrifying nightmare one from Train Spotting, like all of them did. None of them looked like actual human people, babies. Which I get, you're not going to fling kids out of a window. I fully understand that. But if you can't, I mean, make like them, one or two. There's a lot of them. <laughs> If, if people don't want them, maybe. Yeah. Uh, like, but the somebody should have. If that idea got pitched, right, my first thing in that room would have been to say, "Can we deliver accurate-looking babies in this sequence?" And if anybody had even a hint of hesitation about whether those babies could look like real babies, I'd be like, "We're not doing it because it's going to look fucking shit." And guess what, lads? It looked fucking shit. Yeah, it looked terrible. <laughs> uh, there's no sense of threat there because none of it looks real. And that's what I was like ranting about when, when I was frozen, so you might not have heard it, was that the stakes to this movie don't feel like anything because Supergirl doesn't feel like a real fleshed out character, so I don't really care about her. Ke- Keaton feels like he was phoning it in a little bit, to be honest, so I didn't really care about him. Couldn't give a shit about Barry Allen. And then it was like, oh, the entire universe is going to end. Look at these planets colliding but then you only see it very briefly and it's just like a lot of uncanny like puppeting corpses around just standing there no all right but it wasn't his actual fucking face you can't tell me that was his nose i'm not having it uh (laughs) like like i was just to be fair i did that did make me chuckle when he he turned up but like i popped for that like a reference to a <laughs> kevin smith stand-up gig from like 1998 yeah. g- is in there I, I was like yeah absolutely Did, yeah, they got me they know i'm here for <laughs> what i'm here for but it to me it just felt like like nothing was happening like nothing because nothing felt it, i didn't feel emotionally invested in anything because i was never given enough of anything other than oh look at him run hey, he's running again Oh look, there's days running, and I'm like, but that looks so bad. Yeah, <laughs> I hated I it. So, so I really hated it. <laughs> I think there's so many ways that you could fix that film. Mm. Number one, uh, get rid of Ezra Miller. <laughs> um, Step one, yeah. I think yeah. that they actually they do a really good job playing the old Barry exasperated with the young Barry. Mm. 
where he's like, God, you're annoying. Like, I was like, I said, look, I was watching that going, this is kind of what Barry Allen is like, a very boring, very serious person. And like, they're not serious in the way that like Batman is serious. Mm-hmm. They're serious in the way that like, I don't know, like a teacher who will never crack a joke yeah. is serious. And I was like, Ezra Miller's doing a really good job there. Like, that's a good Barry Allen. I liked a lot of the speed stuff when they were doing speed stuff. I was like, this is good. This works well. It's fun to watch because uh, I like the Flash as a character. There's mm. a really awesome moment in the Jeff Johns Flash run where the, he's facing basically an evil Magneto who explodes apart a metal bridge covered in cars. And like it's like starting to like fall into the river and stuff. And Flash just turns around and runs away. But he runs to the library, reads a book on engineering and then runs back and rebuilds the bridge, welding it together with friction in the between, before the cars fall. And I'm like, this, this is good. This is the stuff that we need in movies. That would have been such an impressive scene. Yeah. Uh, they also never show him going fast. They don't show him from someone else's perspective. So they don't show you like what Bruce sees when he's flashing around. They just show you like a guy running at like slightly faster than normal speed and everything's slow. And like that would be like show us some fun stuff. Show us the other side. Yeah, I think Ezra Miller does a good job at that one stretch of the movie. (laughs) Um, But the fact that it's so different from the like overly neurotic and like nervous, unconfident version of him from pre time travel doesn't really make sense. Uh, Great to see Ben Affleck. Back in the bat suit again. Yeah, I've been I've My been sad that Batman. we we haven't had had a treat of him as a proper Batman. I don't. We've think literally never had a good sad. Ben Affleck Batman movie, and he's my no. favorite Batman. Um, the suit <laughs> was absolutely god awful though. That bat that Batman suit with the like with the like cranky boob bit. Yeah, what was what's that for? I like the blue cape. Like that was good. We've never had Batman with a blue cape before on screen. Mm-hmm. However, yeah, it looks absolutely garbage. And Gal Gadot turned up for her 10-second uh, <laughs> million-dollar cameo, yeah. where she's clearly not on the same soundstage as everyone else. Absolutely. And her bit of music kicks in that doesn't fit with anybody else's movies and always sounds but it's incongruous. Good, isn't it? But it's good. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. good. <laughs> <laughs> the Wonder Woman theme is, I think, the best thing that we've been given from but, yeah, the DC yeah. Cinematic Universe. Yeah, no, Although, I concur. Did you watch the Snyder Cut, all four hours of it? I did, yes, I did. And, I actually um, thought it was pretty good. Oh, those are four hours I ain't getting back. I, uh... <laughs> Look, Roy, I'm sorry. If you know it's bad, I can't even pretend that there was anything that I enjoyed about it, Sam. It was it was long and bad. And, and if you're going to be bad, you can't be long. You can't be both, right? You can be long and good, or you can be bad and short, and I'll probably be fine about it. But you ca- you can't be both because I wanted to I wanted to do a murders after that movie. I was like, what did I what did I do that for? Like, why? I got mad at myself because I was like, I know why I've done this because I'm a completionist and I'm like, oh, I'm like a copy. No, I've got to talk about it on the podcast. Well, you know, all my other nerdy mates will have seen it. No, you don't have to see a four fucking hour movie you didn't want to see to begin with. Shit, why did I do it? God. <laughs> I didn't expect the Nazi flashback in the Snyder Cut. Uh, but, Just, you know, <laughs> he, yeah, he's got his own sense of style. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to talk about also the absolute 100% worst part of The Flash, Go which on. is 
the post credit sequence is fucking awful. And I waited all the way and I watched it at the end. And as you know, I told you this, that I saw Flash a second time. And as soon as the credits started, I turned around and I stood up and I said, don't stay. It's not worth it. So the like comic <laughs> fans are right behind me. Like I literally don't talk. I don't talk to random strangers. And I turned around and I was like, don't stay. It isn't worth it. I have seen it already. And uh, none of them stood up and left. But I bet you afterwards that they were like, that guy tried to warn us. We wasted so much of our time. So I might have gone to the toilet by then. What happened in it? Basically, the end credit scene, the post credit scene is Barry comes out of a bar with Jason Momoa, who is drunk. And he's explaining to Jason Momoa the plot of The Flash. And then Jason Momoa was like, was I there? And he's like, nope. And then he passes out in a puddle and the movie ends. Right. Yeah, that's not worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, um, Aquaman 2 is like unsalvageably bad. And I'm genuinely (laughs) excited about it. Um, It's been delayed multiple times because they've shown it to like internal audiences. And they're all like, this is a one star pile of garbage movie. sort of threw me a bit about flash you know because i i say you're the only person i know who doesn't like it see that's what's interesting to me is that like so a couple of my mates had seen it and they were like look you know ezra miller aside it's 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 quite fun it's quite you know it's quite it's quite enjoyable like it it's well, a superhero movie like, yes yeah, so you know it'll be you'll enjoy it and like all the critics were like fucking hammering over it like fucking oh jeez i love it it's the best it's the best superhero movie ever and i'm like tom cruise said it was one of the best superhero movies he's ever seen and see, that, that guy I made can't... top gun maverick one of the best action movies the last 10 years i can't fathom how people think it's the best superhero movie ever because even my personal taste aside about the majority of this film that just rubbed me every which wrong way I don't see how it's that much different from just a lot of superhero films. I don't get how people are saying it's the best one because to me, it's like a bad version of all the others. <laughs> so like, even if it wasn't a bad version, it's very similar to a lot of superhero. I don't get how like, and especially after just like having seen across the spider verse where I was like, shit to movie that does it correctly. <laughs> I also had like a real hard time with trying to like understand like the message of this movie because it sort of seemed to be like you know um you, you shouldn't shouldn't want to change your past because it makes you who you are and it's you know, blah 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 and like batman has that little speech about like the scars and stuff and it's like oh okay but then like by the end i was like i don't know like i just i just didn't the, the only stakes like aside from the fact that apparently the entire universe was just going to slam together and die which you barely see so it doesn't really count as actual stakes the only bad things that seem to have happened is that pop culture was a little bit wonky <laughs> like the only actual on earth stakes aside from zod i suppose who's again like i keep forgetting that he's technically the villain because yeah. well <laughs> i mean massive spoilers for everyone like don't listen to this if you want to the flash and you haven't but barry's the villain in flash yeah yeah so do you know what would have been actually fucking cool is the way that they did it in the original they did this in the cw actually is that um reverse flash killed barry's mother and when they don't show you who killed her i'm like oh they're gonna do like a third act reverse Mm -hmm. flash reveal and that's who was in the beginning of the movie and then but then in the cw show i'm sure i'm pretty sure they did this that barry goes back and saves his mum and stops her from being murdered and it throws everything out of whack and he eventually Mm -hmm. has to go back and let her get murdered 
And I was yeah. like, that is such a cool story. And I was like, I'm just expecting that to happen in the film. I'm mm. like, so he saved her. And then when I, when you see the like shrapnel go through young Barry's arm, I'm like, oh, he's going to be the bad guy. And he's going to realize that if the mum doesn't die, then Barry doesn't come back. So he's going to go and kill the mum. And that's going to be the villain origin story of this evil flash is that he he's the one who kills the mum. Yeah. But they don't do it. No. And it feels like because they don't show the murderer or talk about him in it any way, that I feel like that was actually the story and they cut it because it was too dark. But it would have been cool as fuck. It would have been cool as fuck. And I think it would have made the death more impactful because, it, like I say, they farted that bit of the movie out so quick, just like, right, his mum died, let's move on. And I'm like, hold oh, on, no. <laughs> there could have been such like a really emotionally resonant film buried in this, but instead we've just got like fart jokes and sick jokes and people eating things disgustingly <laughs> mm. i wasn't a fan sam i'm sorry i try no, I, I, I absolutely understand like everyone's <laughs> comment com, com, uh, complaints about it nothing that you said i've been like i disagree <laughs> yeah like, well i wouldn't, wouldn't want to this is the thing i don't want to convince you that the movie's bad because like i was having this conversation with barry on a recent episode of Stacey and barry is that like I enjoy talking with people about films and I'm quite happy to share my opinions and I'm quite happy to hear yours. But what I never want to do is like convince people of my opinion, because at the end of the day, A, stuff is subjective and B, I don't want to be the dickhead that ruins your fun because at the, like as much as as much as I thought this movie was shit I do not want to take the fun away from you and all of my friends that have told me that it's good because like god there's so much bollocks happening in the world lately like please find your joy wherever you can and I will not shit on it I'll tell mm. you I thought it was crap but I'm not going to judge you for enjoying it like yeah. I wish I liked it I don't want to spend two hours watching a movie and then go well I wish I hadn't watched that yeah. <laughs> That's not how I want to spend my time, she says, having watched the Snyder Cut, pretty much knowing she was going to hate it. Uh, <laughs> and it was four hours long. Oh, baby. Did you like the bit where Superman and the Flash uh, set up for a race at the end and they didn't show you who won? Mm, yeah, it's my favourite bit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what was really cool? The only cool thing about the Flash costume is when he is about to start running at the beginning and the heel in the shoe clicked. I was like, that's cool as fuck. Like, that's just like genuinely like a cool thing. I was like, oh, he's like turning a gear on or something. Also, how the, the, the title card starts to come up and then that girl's like, Flash, I love you. And like <laughs> the title card stops and it goes to him like being really awkward and trying to steal a chocolate bar and yeah. then he like goes back into the same pose and the title card comes back up i was like okay they know what they're doing like that's quite funny that i did yeah to be fair i did i did quite enjoy that it's it's odd because the, there were bits of it where the movie was like on my sort of wavelength for humor but then other mm. bits where it was just like uh, the food stuff really particularly bothered me because it cropped up so much and i'm like i, I get it I got it the first. Like, yeah, he needs to eat. We get it. Mm. It felt like they like, were doing. I don't like, like Flash needs to eat lots of food. I've never Me, liked that. It, like, yeah, like it just doesn't really make sense to me because I feel like all superheroes probably would. It's because he's like, you, like in real terms running and... like back to back marathons, but like he would also mm. need a lot, lot, lot more food. <laughs> I so said, like, well, I've run a marathon. I know how much food you need to eat. <laughs> and oh, yeah. if he's running one in like a he's second, in a chocolate bar. No. Yeah, that ain't it. No, that ain't gonna do it. <laughs> That's not even gonna touch the sides. Good. No. Also, he's not having any water. 
You're telling me he's not sweating in any way. In that suit. Come on, come off it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> he's living in talcum powder. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, there's a lot of good dick jokes in that movie. Oh, no, we froze. Yeah, oh. we froze again. I heard up to, there's a lot of good dick jokes in this movie, and then it just froze. I was like, Sam's leaving me hanging on, dick. When he's wearing the um, the suit, when he puts the suit on for the first time, the young uh, Barry, and he's like, oh, it's really tight. And like old Barry's like, yeah, I know, I've worn it literally thousands of times. And it's like, it's really tight in the dick, like really loudly. It's like, very, so very silly. rude. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit later when he gets his own suit, and he's talking about how much roomier it is, and he starts... Oh no, frozen again. We're back. We're back. I don't know what's happening. I don't know if it's just the weather. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like the heat actually does make it worse. There is a clothes horse between uh, my laptop and the Wi-Fi router. Maybe that's maybe that's maybe you're doing it's your fans. Um, uh, <laughs> I'll let you off. So uh, we've talked enough about the Flash, I think, and I want to talk yeah. about. Season four, right? I'm only going to do it super briefly because I know you haven't seen season three or four yet. Yeah, I love um, Noho Hank. He's my favourite. Oh, we all love we all love Noho Hank. AKA um, Victor Zaz in Gotham. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't watch that. So yeah. he was, that makes he was great, sense. Though, He's very yeah, creepy. I can imagine. Um, I just need to say that Barry season four was uh, an absolutely fucking phenomenal send off to this film, uh, to the series, because I'm not sure Bill Hader can do any wrong. <laughs> he, he's excellent. I love Bill Hader. He's great in Barry as well. He, he direct- like nothing like him. His other stuff. Yeah, I think if you'd have like said to me which of the SNL alumni would be great at portraying like a, a really troubled ex-hitman who's like trying to turn over a new leaf and failing miserably at it, I don't think I'd have picked Bill Hader. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. But like he directed a lot of the episodes from season four, and I feel like he's now a man that I'm just like, yeah, can do can do no wrong because some of the shots. Like, I won't spoil the finale for you because that would be just like a wildly dick move. But I do think it, a lot of people were a bit squiffy about it. I think it was perfect for what the show is. Um, and when you get there, I think you'll understand. But there were some shots in that finale, which he um, he directed, that I was just like, shit, man. <laughs> this is so good. Like, you know, when you just look at something and you just think, how did people think of think this? That up? Yeah. yeah, and then you've just put it on screen and it looks so perfect and now I'm watching it and um like everybody in the cast is brilliant like obviously Bill Hader's amazing but like Stephen Root's brilliant Sarah Goldin is amazing like she needs awards uh for some of the stuff that she does in the the final season highly recommend that you catch up on it Sam because it is probably one of the best it's the time to watch it all in there yeah and it's one of those shows as well where because like I've talked about this before. As much as I adore this show, and I do genuinely think it's one of the greatest TV shows ever made, like, I hate when a show outstays its welcome. And this show had a four-season story, and it told it in four seasons, and it's great. Like, it's there's no, like, there's no real flab. There's no, like, wasted, you know, filler. There's nothing. There's no, like, oh, suddenly we've been renewed, and now we're going to have to, like, fucking pivot what we were doing completely. Um, it's just telling the story it wants to tell and it tells it really well and uh yeah like i'm sad it's over but similarly i'm glad it ended the way it did because it just feels like the absolute perfect ending for it and the right time for it to end as well 
So yeah, ca- catch up with that, Sam, because it's really fucking good. <laughs> There's like so much shit on TV now, but like that finished, and I couldn't stop thinking about the finale for days, and now I can't stop thinking about maybe rewatching the whole thing in the next few weeks. <laughs> oh, that's a mm. solid recommendation. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, even though like it's vaguely depressing through through large swathes of it, and I'll probably have a little cry. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Barry season four gets the stay seal of approval. I also wanted to talk a little bit about Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, my favourite Pete Davidson movie of 2023. <laughs> I don't. I like. I so I'm not somebody who follows like celebs, as it were. So I don't unless they do awful and end up like in all of the news and you can't avoid it like the um, groomer child and break into someone's home <laughs> yeah yeah that's star sort of in the flash star in the flash um yeah like so i don't really know why everybody's got a bit of a beef with him because every time i've seen him in something i'm like not angry that he's there like i don't think he's brilliant but i'm not angry that he's there but i thought mm. he was great in this yeah, really he is great. Liked him. he's so good as mirage because like i'm a bit of a voice actor wanker right i'm one of these people who's like if you don't have to hire just a regular old celebrity, you should absolutely hire a proper voice actor. And it bothers me sometimes that people like James Corden get to be fucking in, you know, animated movies when they're absolutely shit and can't act, let alone voice act. Because voice acting is different and it's hard. <laughs> some actors aren't good at voice acting and vice versa. Some voice actors are not good at acting. So, like... Yeah, like I was, I'm one of these people who's like, oh, who's going to be the voices of, you know, Peter Davis. No, he's great. Shut up, Stace. Eat your words. (laughs) It's really good. I really enjoyed this movie. I, Rich was not as enamoured with it as I was, but he wasn't sold on the trailer either because he liked Bumblebee a lot. We both liked Bumblebee like a lot. Bumblebee is better. Yes. Yeah. But I still liked it a lot. Uh, Ron Perlman was great. As Optimus Primal. Fabulous. Um, the final fight was, like, genuinely great. Really great, yeah. Um, yeah, I really, really liked it. I liked uh, that my big problem with that movie is that the two human leads have, like, zero charisma or chemistry. Um, like, <laughs> well, Bring back yeah, Tyler Buff, you know? Bring back well, I would... I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't, I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, the 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 bird. Oh, right. The oh, kid I'm... in the Mark Wahlberg movie who has a business card in his wallet about how he can have sex with an underage girl. Woof. Um, the the uh, Dominique Fishback. I just watched a TV show called Swarm that she stars in, and. I have never seen two more completely different performances in my entire life. And when I didn't realise she was in Transformers and I'd watched Swarm beforehand. And when we went to the cinema and she popped up, I was like, oh, this shit's going to be good, man. It's going to be really fucking gushy. He's great. And then that character is just so like, <laughs> just so like, I don't know. We've got to have humans in it, haven't we? Which was a bit sad. I, I didn't mind the dude. And I quite liked his little sort of thing with his younger brother who wasn't very well. I thought that was a nice little yeah. human story. But, like, I personally just like to see robots fighting. And the the problem that I had with a lot of the previous Transformers movies is, contrary to popular belief, you don't see a lot of robots fighting in those because mm-hmm. it's all obscured behind loads of trees or a big bunch of buildings or some ancient fucking ruins or something so you actually can't you spend the whole time kind of like what am i where where's optimus 
he's like his leg I can't and like it just drives you a little bit insane mm. whereas this film was like look here's just a big fucking field have at it lads it's and daytime you can see yeah, everyone you can see everyone you can see everything you can see all the transformations my only real gripe with the film was that I really wanted more RC I love RC wanted more As, of her. Um, oh I can't remember who plays her someone interesting Michelle Yeoh was Air Razor I was like, yes. how are all these film franchises getting Michelle Yeoh? But I guess it was pre-Oscar. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was great fun. <laughs> like, yeah, I had a um, great time with it. A lot of people I know were saying, like, oh, you know, like, Bumblebee was good because it wasn't, like, you know, massive robots having a scrap for, like, three hours. And I was like, yeah, but sometimes that's what you want, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's what I want, anyway, especially when some of those robots look like giant fucking gorillas and whatnot. <laughs> Like, that's cool. That's categorically cool. And Scourge was great. Loved Scourge. Wonderful. Uh, yep. Just just generally had a very good time with that film. And, you know, got to sit in the in the aircon cinema with an icy. So that was also a bonus. Yeah. Um, pretty pretty good film, I thought. <laughs> I don't know why people I would, would definitely recommend it so I, If someone was like, what blockbuster would you see this summer? I'd be like, oh, see, like, Spider-Verse, yeah. Fast 10, uh, Transformers, like... They're all real good movies. Yeah. Do you know, I forgot to mention something earlier that I have watched. Go Extraction on. 2. Oh, now I've not seen Extraction 1. So. You could literally not watch it. <laughs> uh, I, like, I don't know how they've managed this, right? Extraction 1 is like, this is a fun movie because Chris Hemsworth has chemist, like screen, his good screen presence. Yes, like, he's yeah. just good to look at on a television. Yeah, yeah And that's why yeah. Extraction 1 works. Uh, it's really by the numbers there's nothing particularly exciting in it but the action is well shot and Chris Hemsworth is fun to watch and then the second movie is like it's literally like going from like a three out of five to a five out of five like oh it's shockingly good it has some of the best set pieces that I've seen in years there's like a fake single shot fight scene that is like 25 minutes long no way and it goes from like I don't even want to spoil it because I genuinely want people to watch it. Like it goes from like one location to a vehicle to a car chase to a different type of vehicle. And like, and like it's literally super long and the whole thing is good. The action is incredible. There's like one, one of my friends caught me to watch it. It was like, I was watching this movie and Chris Hemsworth kills a guy in a way that made me pause it, rewind it to make sure that I had seen what I had seen. And Amazing. there's like an incredibly tense fight on a rooftop that genuinely feels tense the whole time. Like, and it's not like, oh, maybe they'll fall off. It's like, no, they're going to fall off. <laughs> but it's just when. Not okay. If. Well, I was thinking about I was thinking about watching both of them at some point because Barry was trying to sell me on it when he watched the trailer for Extraction Two because he was like, "Stace, this looks like the absolute fucking tits," and I think it'll be right up it your alley. So good! I'm shocked how good it is. <laughs> it's like oh. I would be, if I'm telling you my favorite action movies I've seen in the last ten years, I'd be like John Wick, uh, Top Gun Maverick, and Extraction Two, and it's mad that I am saying that because of how mid <laughs> Extraction was. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. I couldn't even tell you the name of Chris Hemsworth's character for Extraction 2. You don't need to know that's fine. It's but fine. you know what? They they did such a good job. The villain is excellent. Like everything about it is good. It's got like a <laughs> shitty character that you hate. Like it's just so good. Oh, I'll have to give that a watch. I've got um there's a couple of days next month where uh 
the hubbo is going to London to see bands that I don't care about. So I'm going to be alone in the house and I can just vegetate in front of the sofa, in front of the TV and just yeah. like... Oh, get rich to watch it. It's so good. <laughs> oh, maybe I will. I don't know. The, the, the thing, I've said this before on the podcast, but the thing about me and Rich is that we often do that thing where we don't know what to watch and there's so much we want to watch, we can't make a decision. So what we'll do is we'll put on like some fucking B movie that's on amazon prime and hate it and be like why do we do that to ourselves like an hour and a half later we're like well that was <sighs> great <laughs> you know, i've watched sylvester's alone the samaritan why Ooh. oh no no what we what we tend to end up watching is a lot of like 80s horror movies but not the good ones that like everybody you know the, the cult classics or anything it's things like i don't know like bodybuilders massacre eight you know avid at the gym whatever like you're just like i don't know what's happening uh there's muscles are melting off bodies help um <laughs> like, like and then yeah i, I just was just so shit so i'm gonna have to that those will definitely go on the list um mm. i still need to watch the adam project even though i don't think it's going to be very good fiona and i watched it and we both liked it we watched it okay. together and it, it's not it is absolutely uh one of like in video games you have that concept of like a seven out of ten being a game that isn't great but that like you had fun with yeah or was interesting and i would say adam project is like a not good but Mm. i had fun with it okay also the fact that they like try to subtly tell you that it's a sequel to 30 going on 30 is very funny (laughs) god it's been so long since i saw that movie yeah i don't think i'm i don't think it's worth a rewatch if i'm honest (laughs) i don't know i think it's all right (laughs) I've not seen it in a, a couple of decades, but you know. Um, oh dear. One final thing while we're on Netflix projects. Go on. I told on. you I was going to pitch you Never Have I Ever. Oh yes, you did. Yeah, go on. So Never Have I Ever is a high school sitcom. Uh oh. Where the main <laughs> character is like a fanatic overachiever, wants to go to Princeton, mm-hmm. and uh, but she has massive like rage and temper problems. Uh, and the whole show is narrated by the voice in her head but the voice in her head is john McEnroe. (laughs) right and he frequently makes references to his tennis career (laughs) so (laughs) it's it's genuinely really funny uh the main character is uh she's indian and like but she's first generation first generation child of immigrant parents and it's kind of like she basically has gone through a bit of a rough patch and come out the other side with like a huge personality problem. <laughs> uh, and like there's multiple other characters as well, which are really good. Um, and like there's her her like frenemy nemesis is the like the other smartest kid at school is mm-hmm. this guy whose character's name is Ben Gross. <laughs> um, and okay. he's just like the shittiest person but in a very, very funny way. And his internal monologue in, like, one episode where you get his is Andy Samberg. I, I, I'll watch anything that has Andy Samberg in it, even vaguely. It's, <laughs> I it's love that guy. really funny. There's a bit where, like, two girls are fighting over this Ben Gross guy. And he's, like, an absolute, like... He comes off like a complete twat. He's a horrible <laughs> character. And um, the, 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 these two girls are in the principal's office for fighting over him. And the principal's like... So you say you were fighting over Ben Gross? And she goes to a computer and she's like, there's only one Ben Gross who goes to this school. Like, that, like, really small joke, like, absolutely cracked me up. 
I love uh, teachers being assholes about students. That's very yeah. funny. There's four seasons. It's completely done. Each season's like eight episodes. Uh, oh, okay. And it's like it's fully finished. They like they're like it's done. And it ended really, really well. Like the finale was really good. Every season was good. Mohinder from Heroes plays her dad. Oh wow, I'd forgotten about that guy. Yeah, he was a villain in The Flash for a season. Do you know what? I gave up on The Flash at some point, and I yeah, I, mean, good, I, uh... I, I gave up on The Flash. <laughs> Like, there was a point at which the only one either of us was watching, Rich was just clinging on to, um, oh, flipping Eck, the Arrow. one where they time travel. Oh, uh, I clung on to Arrow. When Arrow finished, that was it. I was yeah. like, when it was done, I, I was like, do you know what? I've had enough. I've seen my eight seasons of Stephen Amell. What a handsome man he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, there was one more thing I wanted to talk about before we uh, before we wrap this up. A little old trailer. Little tra- mm. just a little track for a little little known franchise you might you might never have even heard of it it was we for, talked uh, about the hunter already oh shit we have yeah all right let's just round you no so they uh they <laughs> uh, a few like a couple of weeks ago they announced that they were going to release a second trailer for teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem and i specifically found out what time that was going to be dropping so that i could very strategically plan a tea break at work so i could come downstairs and watch it on the big telly like the instant it happens and i lost my entire mind <laughs> so good i literally cannot wait for this film i can't I can't explain how disappointed I will be if it's bad, because it, for me... It just looks so good. It's, it's it the first so film good. that actually looks like it's taking the Spider-Verse animation seriously, because Puss in Boots was like, oh, we're doing Spider-Verse, and then I watched it, and I was like, for like 10 minutes, and then it's just mm-hmm. Trek, but yeah. good Trek. <laughs> I've not seen any of the Puss in Boots the new one is okay. People raved about it, and I was like, "This is fine." What are you? Got, what movie did you watch? <laughs> Do you know um, what's exciting about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem? Ray fucking Filet. Oh, Trent Reznor doing the <laughs> yes! soundtrack. Oh my god, I cannot wait to hear this. Set. So, like, I was already very excited when this trailer came out because, um, I mean, the first trailer was chef's kiss to me already um but this second trailer obviously like shows a bit more of like the boys interacting with each other and with april and with the dad and stuff and i was like ah. and i got very overexcited by lots of tiny details um like the fact that donatello sleeps in a tent that's so cute uh lost my mind lost my mind but like two days later the director was like oh i guess it's out there now that um yeah trent Reznor and atticus ross are doing the score for this we haven't released any of it yet but i can tell you now it's fucking phenomenal and i was just like <laughs> I shit what what in the i can't I literally i can't wait i'm so excited i think i said this to you just before we started recording that if the cine world secret screening for july happens to be this i will lose my mind but i will still take i've booked the monday off work it comes out on the 31st of july over here and i've booked that day off work and i've already got tickets to see it 10 a.m because <laughs> i'm like i need it in my eyes instantly like the earliest it can possibly be in my face mm. i need it in my face it looks so stunning animators have got to stop making new york look so great because one day i'm gonna pluck up the courage to fly there and be really disappointed i think uh, <laughs> I've, I've been and it's amazing okay good uh i don't think it does I will kind of look like it does in that movie trailer like yeah. at night but it's kind of what it looks like it's got a lot of personality yeah i just already am in love with uh everything about it 
love the fact that they seem to be actually erring on the side of teenage, which is nice. Because mm. uh, I just watched, um, I recently have been on a like Mad Turtles binge and I watched the 2003 series for the first time uh, last year. Cause what I, was I, Venus to Milo in? No, no, the, 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 the slightly better animated one. Um, right, okay. There's like five seasons, five, six seasons of it. I can't remember how many. Um, but I watched that last year for the first time because that came out in 2003, which was when I was in my stage where I'm like, I'm too grown up for cartoons now. What are you talking about? But before I hit my, no, shut up, cartoons are for everyone, leave me alone stage. So I just missed it entirely. And I just rewatched that. And like all of the minutes sound like the most middle-aged men you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> Especially Raph, who's knocking around with just the most sort of like Brooklyn accent you've ever heard. Uh, and I, like it just really tickled me because aside from maybe the Bay movies, I don't think I've ever thought that the t- turtles were more middle-aged, <laughs> except whenever they're around humans because they're really short. It's quite adorable. But anyway, so I like the idea that this is like leaning into the teenage part of it and it looks like it's going to be like genuine, like family fun. Um, mm. Ray fucking filet in it. It's got leatherhead in it. It's got just I'm losing my mind entirely at how good it looks. Like, it's so pretty to look at. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm genuinely really excited for it. And I'm so mad that it's not going to be shown on the big screen in my cinema. The same mm. the same thing ha- is happening with Barbie as well, because Oppenheimer has booked all the big screens. So, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm going to double bill and see both back to back because that's the meme. Same. But, yeah. like, I'm way more excited about Barbie. It looks Same. way better. <laughs> I feel like the best line in Oppenheimer is going to be the one in the trailer. <laughs> Me and Rich. So, like, Rich's birthday falls the week after Barbie and Oppenheimer come out. And originally we were going to go on his birthday and see them both. Now we've booked tickets to go and see Groundhog Day, the musical in London, on his birthday instead. So now we've booked the Friday off before when those two films come out. So we can, <laughs> we can just see those on that day. And I'm like, can we see Barbie second? Because I think I'm going to enjoy it more and I want to come out on a high. Interestingly, we got a trailer for Oppenheimer before Transformers, which I thought was very strange because mm. Transformers is ostensibly, well, I suppose. But it, I, I've been annoyed because nothing we've seen so far has had the Turtles trailer on the big screen. Oh, I've seen it loads. It's great. I've not seen it on the big screen at all, assholes. The trailer that I've seen eight million times is the Blue Beetle one. Oh, do you know what? That looks so fine. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. I've literally it seen it fine. a billion times. The suit looks gorgeous. I'll give them mm. that. The suit looks love, really, really um, tasty. Asholo uh, Madoera, who's in Cobra Kai, which mm. is hilarious. I love if you Cobra haven't watched Kai. Cobra Kai. Love it. It's uh, funny because I hate Karate Kid, but I love Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai's so funny. So good. Like when Johnny finds out that you can look at boobs on the internet, like <laughs> so stupid but so funny. Oh, brilliant! Absolutely brilliant. I yeah, can't wait for turtles. I Rich said to me, if the secret screening is turtles, are you still going to see it on the thirty first? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, are you also still going to see it on the day you've organised for a load of people that you haven't met for ages? on the 5th of August. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless this movie is somehow trash, which I don't I don't know how how it could be based on what we've seen really in the trailer so far. Turtles movie has there. I, I even like the Michael Bay ones. Me too. Me too, Sam. Did you see the, the interview with Alan Richardson where he talked about how awful it was to film those? Oh, no. I bet it was. Because he because he was a mocap actor, there, mm. there's no union for them. So like they got treated like absolute trash, and he got paid like dog shit. No. 
It's really, it's a really good interview. He did it with um, the guy who played Lex Luthor on Smallville, I think. Okay. Worth watching. Yeah, stuff like that always makes me sad though because then I'll be watching the film the next time and be like, oh no. <laughs> the fact that he came back to do a second one, it can't have been that bad. Well, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I've said before that like as long as the sort of essence of the turtles is there for me, so as long as there's like ninjutsu and fighting happening, and as long as the lads are a bit silly occasionally, uh, and as long as like you know they don't look like trash, that's that's pretty much all I need for a turtles movie to enjoy it. Um, yeah. So yeah, the Bay movies like they're absolutely fine. There's a lot of mm. stuff to dislike about them. Like I'm not gonna, you know, I can't say they're, they're like flawless or anything, but but they're enjoyable enough. But yeah, this movie would have to be like it would it would have to totally beef it for me. To, <laughs> like based on the trailers, I don't think it's going to. Mm. Um, I want to find out who it is I can butter up to be in the inevitable sequel because I think although they're already talking about potentially making a mutant mayhem series for Paramount Plus, aren't they? I mean, film. that is the way that movies are going, isn't it? Yeah, which I like the idea of, in theory, because you know me and Turtles, I will, I love any Turtles content, put it in my eyes, that'd be great. But it does kind of put the nail in the coffin for Rise of the TMNT, which is mm. technically on hiatus, uh, but has been for like two years. <laughs> uh, that's, so, yeah, that's it's very funny that John Cena is playing Rocksteady. I didn't know that until literally oh. just now. Mate, there's so like that is yeah. I, I, I love John Cena. Like he's genuinely a good actor. He's brilliant. He's good in the fast movies. I uh just as in Peacemaker, like lose just so he was so good. He's so good. Uh, just genuinely yeah. Like he's got really good comedic timing. Just genuinely enjoyable to watch. I, there's a lot of people in that cast that excite me, voice wise, which kind of goes against what I was saying earlier about people hiring. <laughs> actors over voice actors but um but they are like genuinely good actors so like i'll sort of let them off because like mm-hmm. i think i think the, the problem for me is when you hire people like you know not not to not to dredge it up but like you know chris pratt as mario like what's that for chris pratt is like the world's most every man boring and that's mm-hmm. not that's not mario is it like yeah Oh, he's just bland to me anyway. He like, is. He's just like the, 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 the acting he, equivalent of Magnolia. <laughs> he did get to say the only fuck in the MCU, though. And uh, when it happened, I was extremely shocked. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like, I like, I like sat up straight a little bit. I was like, <laughs> oh, really good yeah. use, I thought. Like yeah. a very funny throwaway usage. Mm. It would never, it would never happen in Mutant Mayhem because they're so young. But in some version of the Turtles, I really wish they'd let Raph swear just once. You know, Raph swears. <laughs> I just want Donatello to swear. Uh, Donnie swears in the lab, I reckon, but never around Leo. Yeah. Is this weird that I think about this? It is, isn't it? <laughs> Stace, move on with your life. Hey, uh, we've been talking for a really long time. Did you pick yeah. a song in the end to recommend to people? Or oh, do you know what? We should put the song from the Mutant Mayhem trailer. Kick it. Can I kick it? Oh, Everyone's heard yes. it, but it's a good song. It is a good song. It is a good song. And I... every time I've seen that trailer, I've been like, this song rules. Why do I listen to this all the time? Do you know, I've got to say, that was one thing about Transformers as well that I really enjoyed, because there's a lot of, like... Yeah, like by Biggie. I was like, oh, yeah, this song mate. rules. And uh, Mama said, knock you out. I was like, yeah, yeah. come on. <laughs> uh, really enjoying that. Yeah, oh, that's a good choice. Well done. Mm. 
I picked a weird one that a lot of people mm. probably haven't heard. Uh, so it's called Poppets by Dutz. And this, I'm going to have to go into the context of this and it won't make any sense to anyone. There's a band called the Sloppy Boys who do like sort of, um, <laughs> like sort of silly comedy rock music uh, that I really enjoy. And they also have a podcast where they review cocktails, like a different cocktail every week. Um mm-hmm. And they're very funny. They used to be part of a comedy troupe called Birthday Boys, which is also very funny. And uh, and I enjoy them a lot. And then they, they did a thing which turned out to be a bit where they sort of pretended that Jefferson Dutton, the guy who plays the drums in the band, was leaving the band but not the podcast and going solo. And he released this track called Pop and going by the name Dutz. And then a week later, he decided to join the band again. And then the Sloppy Boys released their new single. <laughs> so it turns out this was a bit, but this song is actually a fucking banger. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's um, it's rude as fuck. Like the, the lyrics are all about making your pussy pop. But it is like genuinely, I would put this on at a party and dance to it. Like it's really mm. fun. And it just made me laugh that I was like, you've done this just for a joke. And it's genuinely good. Yeah, it's genuinely good. So I'm gonna. I'm, that's gonna be on the, uh, the the parlor recommendation Spotify playlist. Should anybody want to go and have a listen to it, uh, I would recommend. So many people are gonna listen to it now. Be taste. Your, your taste in music is fucking weird, man. Mm. Um, and yeah, it is. I agree. <laughs> on that note, Sam, where can people find you if you wish to be found on the internet? There. Uh, I think the easiest place is on Twitter, where you can follow me at SGCH. Excellent. I am struggling with the the slow downfall of Twitter because much as I don't want to plug it, I like Twitter and it's the one place that I use a lot because it works for me. Yeah, I love Twitter. <laughs> and I'm scared that nobody's going to be left there. I'm just going to be shouting into the void about my, you know, Turtles opinions and podcast episodes. But <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back in the parlour, Sam. Definitely, yeah. Thanks thanks for joining me on this very sweaty evening. <laughs> it is hot. I've got a fan pointed at me, and the fan display is telling me it's 28 degrees in this room because my door is shut and my window is shut. And um, that's, not a, that's not a temperature that I agree with. <laughs> mm. It's too much for me. So on that note, I'm going to go. Hey, listeners, yeah. have a lovely uh, rest of this month, and... Um, probably see you for a podcast and a half half shell special about mutant mayhem the instant it comes out i've had to bully duncan to go and see it and be like mate we have to do a podcast about it come on now but yeah have a lovely whenever it is you're listening to this and i'll speak to you next month Bye. thank you for listening to stacy's pop culture parlor to get in touch with me the titular stace you can follow me on twitter at stacy's parlor send an email to stacy's parlor at gmail.com or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah!